Hey Disney fans, looking for the latest Disney news? And interviews with some of Disney's biggest stars? Have we got the podcast for you. Welcome to D23 Inside Disney. I'm Sherry from Oh My Disney. I'm Tony from Good Morning America. And I'm Jeffrey from D23. And together, we're taking you Inside Disney. Greetings from the Magic Kingdom, beautiful people. Hello, friends. Greetings from my magical closet. (laughs) I mean, it's almost the same thing. It's the happiest closet on earth. Yeah, that is probably true. (laughs) I love that. Guys, I am here. We are backstage. I can't believe so much stuff is happening. I've seen some of your tweets, Jeffrey. The castle looks stunning. I can't even imagine how it looks like in person, but so fun. It is unbelievable. It's beautiful in person. It, everything, you can just tell that there's such excitement for the 50th coming up here. Mm. We did the Carousel of Progress. I'm here with my friends Danny and Ellington. Ellington actually did a takeover of the Disney Parks blog Instagram, which was really fun because we did that yesterday Hi. at Epcot. Cherry, you're going to be jealous. We did all the food of <gasps> the Flower and Garden Festival. Uh, what are the I, highlights? What did you oh say for me? Tell me everything. There was a great sopa made with impossible plant-based meat in mm. one of the beautiful setups near Mexico. All right, there was this maple griddle cake deliciousness Yum. with a scoop of ice cream and maple popcorn. Mm. It was unbelievable from uh, right near Canada. I had, oh my gosh, in World Showplace, they have a whole bunch of great food setups. And I got a biscuit with salmon it was i we're we're going back to another day at epcot i'm getting it again it was that good oh my gosh you had me at biscuit you could put anything on a biscuit or nothing on a biscuit and i am in (laughs) the biscuit was amazing but but you guys the secret cocktail from la cava del tequila in the mexico pavilion the alabrija named after like the spirit the characters Mm. in the spirit world the animal spirits from that are in coco i mean just in general but we've seen them in coco it smokes literally it's like there's smoke involved it tastes delicious it glows yeah i i did post about it on my socials it's crazy and secret it's not on the menu you have to ask for it by name it's quite good so that was amazing Cool. We did Animal Kingdom. Animal Kingdom was great. We did Flight of Passage. We did the you Safari. You saw the Baby Rhino. We saw Ranger. Ranger. Ranger the Baby Rhino. Who we talked about. We saw Ranger. He was so cute. Uh, and he local like, celeb. Totally. He was running back and forth, totally playing. It was super, super cute. Just incredible. And there will be much more. I'll have much more reporting from the magic here at the Magic Kingdom and the other magical places for next week just to continue to bore you with um but really really the flower sorry it's amazing i just am having such a good time the flower and garden festival unbelievable so just uh yeah i can't wait to go back literally in two days and so that's fantastic and i I know i'm talking all about disney world but of course (laughs) this week big news opening of disneyland it's happening And we have Ken Potrock breaking some news. So stay tuned for that. All right. Sorry. I've, I've been chatting your ears off. Tony, oh my gosh, Sherry, what this. have you guys been I'd, up I'd to? Ha- I'd love a whole episode of just you running through all the things you've been eating at Walt Disney World. <laughs> Literally. <laughs> I did do the chicken in a waffle, spicy chicken in a waffle from mm. Sleepy Hollow, which is one of my other favorite secret treats. It's not really a secret anymore because everyone knows about it, but it felt like a secret for the first few years that it was out. 
Yum. We did that. I got some Magic Kingdom popcorn, which you know tastes better than any other popcorn because it's in the Magic 100%. Kingdom. 100%. Well, of course. Correct. So Sherry, don't, don't worry. I'll have lots of more food and beverage stories for you. Oh, thank you. Sorry, Tony, Tony, Sherry, what have you guys been doing? Well, I mean, nothing exciting compared to that. I've just been sitting <laughs> like we around. can't level up to Jeffrey's update. Seriously, oh, yeah. please. <laughs> I've been, I okay, have been watching more Survivor per usual. I'm yes. on Blood versus Water. I don't know if I've talked about it for a couple of weeks now because I had family in town. I went out of town, but now I'm back on my couch watching Survivor on Hulu. Everything is in its right place, and it is an incredible season. Please DM me if you are watching it. No spoilers, though. <laughs> that is my update. <laughs> I love it. Uh, amazing. Your couch definitely missed you. I missed my couch, too. <laughs> well, over here on my end of the house, I can't share much, but I got to screen a few episodes of Impact, which is a new docuseries coming to Nat Geo, with executive producer and host Gal Gadot. Ooh. So Ooh. more info to come. And I will only say that I ugly cried. It's such an incredible docuseries and I can't wait to uh, have everyone share in my ugly crying once it comes out. Amazing. <laughs> I look forward to ugly crying right there along with you. Yes, I love a good <laughs> ugly cry. Same. Same. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, big, big news for princess fans and just for Disney fans in general. We just announced the ultimate princess celebration kicking off and big big news a new anthem from brandy yes her new, new song starting now it's going to come out on may 21st but i have a feeling we're going to be treated to a few teasers along the way also coming up in august on disney channel disney princess remixed an ultimate princess celebration it's going to be a half hour music special celebrating the empowering attributes of the disney princesses and will also feature the debut of the official music video for brandy's starting now Plus, after it airs on Disney Channel, it will be going to Disney Plus globally. So Disney fans around the world, rejoice. Plus, awesome, awesome stuff out of Disney Publishing, a new book, Tales of Courage and Kindness, a 14-story book, all new stories featuring all your favorite princesses as well as Queens, Anna, and Elsa. It just launched today. The ebook is free. Yes, you heard that right, free. Plus, fabulous, fabulous princess voice talent like Mandy Moore, Ali'i Cravayo, Anika Noni Rose, and Kelly Marie Tran are reading stories from the collection. You can watch those online. It's on the Disney Princess portal at princess.disney.com. They also announced a huge nationwide tour, Disney Princess the Concert, with one of my favorite Disney voices, Susan Egan. She was Belle on Broadway, but also the voice of Meg and Hercules. Yes. She's touring along with the fabulous Laura Osnes, Courtney Reed, and Aisha Jackson. That concert's amazing. We're also doing this great pro-social work with Starlight Children's Foundation, bringing Disney, Princess, and Frozen-themed hospital gowns and toys and books and games to fabulous children during their hospital stay. I mean, oh, I th those that. kids, uh -huh. there's going to be all this incredible new product. It's unbelievable. So much to look forward to for this year-long fabulous campaign. Wow. Wow. Amazing. Well, Tony, Jeffrey, get your head in the game because... Oh. Disney oh. Channel has got the Woo. start of something new-ish. I love it. We're going to bop to the top of the first season of High School Musical, the musical, the series, because for one night only, Disney Channel is going to present a marathon of season one, May 8th, starting at 5 p.m. Eastern and Pacific. 
in advance of the hit series season two premiere, which is on Friday, May 14th on Disney Plus. Yes. Oh, yes. oh my gosh. We are breaking free, literally, <laughs> because the marathon will be presented break free. Oh, yes. look at Love you. It. Uh, those are the most amazing high school musical puns I have ever heard. Oh, just wait, there's more. Oh no, <laughs> sorry. So the marathon is also going to feature sneak peeks of season two, a new musical number performed by Nini and Ricky, special messages from the cast, fun facts about the cast, fan favorite bus school karaoke, and more. The cast, who are all in this together, Oh! revealed their favorite season one moments in a fun featurette, which is on Disney Channel's YouTube now. Y'all, I'm so excited. Season two is right around the corner. I agree with Jeffrey. That was definitely a 10 out of 10 on the pun game. Nicely done. There are a couple of songs I couldn't work in, but next time. It was to quote High School Musical 2, fabulous. (laughs) Nice. That's all I should do. Also on Disney Channel, honestly, this is really for my niece Dylan, who is obsessed with this show. Disney Channel has ordered a second season of Secrets of Sulphur Springs, which you guys know I talked about it because my niece was so in love with it. I was like, I'm going to watch this. Will I like it? Yes, I will like it because it's freaking great. And like, (laughs) it's like spooky, but not too spooky for my eight-year-old niece who loves it. Anyway, if you've not watched it, it's all about a family that moves to Louisiana. They take up residence in an old abandoned hotel property. They're trying to restore it, but is it haunted? Is it not haunted? Is there a time portal? I don't know. We'll find out. (laughs) We're going to find out a whole lot more. Uh, Production is going to be kicking off in June, and it's going to take a deeper look into Harper's family history and their connection to the Tremont Hotel. So woohoo! cannot wait. You can actually watch the series now on Disney Plus and on Disney Now. Fun. Well, in more Disney Channel news, Disney Channel and Tastemade are teaming up for a new kids baking competition show. Yes, right up my alley called Disney's Magic Bake Off. Love it. So the show is a competitive series for kids ages six to 14. Dara Renee from High School Musical, the musical, the series, and Isaac Ryan Brown from Raven's Home are co-hosting the 13 episode series along with Disneyland Resort pastry chef Graciela Gomez. We should get all three of these people on the show, just saying. I mean, Sherry, we all know that the only reason you want that is so you can get free tastings. And I I support that, but we know that's why. It's not a very hidden agenda, is it? (laughs) Well, the three teams of two are going to race against the clock to design a Disney-inspired cake using Tastemade's signature recipe videos. And I always love this in cooking shows a pantry filled with a wonderful world of ingredients and surprises would Mm. love to just live there (laughs) can't wait the winning recipe is going to become a featured taste made video available on disney channel and taste made social and i just have one question for you guys do you think i can pass for a 6 to 14 year old absolutely do it do it great all right i'm signing up (laughs) i will get beat by these six-year-olds (laughs) <laughs> and well and sherry winning this award will be almost as good as winning an oscar almost i was just gonna say speaking of winning i'm so proud to share that disney won five academy awards this year Yay! you guys did you win tony what did you win what did you get i i will say i lost my dance battle against glenn close however she oh. got more screen time than i did obviously <laughs> 
for those who did not see the moment, it's on my Instagram. But <laughs> the 93rd Oscars that aired live on ABC, big wins for Disney, including Nomadland from Searchlight Pictures, which earned three Oscars, including the win for Best Picture. And if you haven't seen it, it's on Hulu. It's incredible. And the Oscar for Best Animated Feature and Best Original Score went to Disney Pixar's Soul. So deserved for that team. Uh, yay! Mm. And for everyone out there who can't get enough Oscars, or for those who need a recap, I have everything you need to know and more at goodmorningamerica.com slash Oscars, including a full winner's list. How about that? And speaking of the movies, trailers for both West Side Story and Summer of Soul, or When the Revolution Cannot Be Televised, debuted during the Oscars on ABC. Did you guys get a yes. chance to catch these trailers? By the oh way? my gosh, yeah. So excited for these. I'm saving them for when I get back. So I have something to look forward to upon return. Aww. It's so worth it. The trailer for both were so beautiful, but I got chills watching the one for West Side Story. The mm -hmm. first trailer for Steven Spielberg's remake of the 1961 classic West Side Story stars, of course, Ansel Elgort as Tony and Rachel Zegler as Maria. So West Side Story due out December 10th, but coming to theaters and on Hulu July 2nd is Summer of Soul or When the Revolution Could Not Be Televised, which is a documentary by Oscars musical director Quest Love. Ah, love him. Oh, so and this great. film chronicles the legendary 1969 Harlem Cultural Festival, which celebrated African-American music and culture and promoted Black pride immunity. So lots to look forward to this year of films to come. Indeed. And something from a little bit closer to me or where I will be later this week in Galaxy's <laughs> Edge. Star Wars Tales from the Galaxy's Edge Part 2, the VR game, is coming out and it's going to feature Doc Ondar. And Doc Ondar's shop in Galaxy's Edge is one of my favorite places to go because all of the detail work is yeah. just beautiful. Uh, D23 did a fantastic video of that when it opened. So part two is going to expand on the adventures found in Tales from the Galaxy's Edge, where players assume the role of a droid repair technician who crash landed on Batuu following a pirate attack. Ugh, I hate when that happens. So <laughs> look forward to that later this year. Woo! Yay! But looking forward to something this weekend, we have five fantastic things to watch, courtesy of our friends at D23, the official Disney fan club. For more details, visit d23.com. Sherry in her closet, what do you have first? Here I am reporting live from my closet with do, 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 22 versus Earth. The premiere is on Friday, April 30th on Disney Plus. So I am super excited to see this. It's set before the events of Seoul and 22 is defying, per usual, the rules of the great before and refusing to go to Earth. She enlists a gang of five other new souls in her attempt at rebellion. And of course, because Pixar is Pixar, her subversive plot might actually lead to a revelation about the meaning of life. <laughs> wow, I mean, I'm looking forward to a revelation about the meaning of life. Same. Perhaps a little less deep, but no less entertaining. On Saturday is the season two finale of Amphibia, where the family travels to Newtopia to say their goodbyes and finally send all three girls home. However, someone has other plans. Mm. Dun, dun, dun. Find out Saturday. Also on Saturday, new to the Hulu library, is What's Love Got to Do With It? You've got legendary soul singer Tina Turner, played by the legendary Angela Bassett. What more could you need? I love that movie. Mm. And on Sunday, May 2nd, you guys, this is 
American Idol on ABC. <laughs> and this week, it's Disney night. So to kick off the night, the results Ooh. of the comeback show will be announced. Then after the top nine travel to Walt Disney World, to where Jeffrey is, hello, for a one-on-one -on -one session with a celebrity mentor and inspiration for the most magical place on earth. The season's top 10 contestants, including the comeback winner, will perform a song from the renowned Disney songbook in hopes of securing America's real-time vote. And then after that, the final seven will be revealed in the, in the end of the episode. So Idol, Sunday on ABC, you guys. And finally, also Sunday on FX, the category is Pose, the third and uh, final yes. season. Uh, premieres Sunday wait. again, May 2nd at 10 p.m. on FX. The season premieres episode is entitled On the Run and picks up in a 1994 New York City. So I'm really thrilled for this cast, this team, and a great way to cap off a fantastic weekend. Well, on to our guest. Over his 25-plus year career at Disney, this man has essentially had my dream job. Well, dream jobs, leading such incredible businesses as Disney Vacation Club, Adventures by Disney, and Disney Cruise Line. He led the incredible transformation of downtown Disney at Walt Disney World into Disney Springs, and most recently he served as president of Consumer Products Commercialization. He's now president of Disneyland Resort, and we are incredibly excited to have him here on the show on the eve of the reopening of the Disneyland theme parks. Please welcome to the show, Ken Potrock. Hi, Ken. How are you doing? Thrilled to be here. So, Ken, how does it feel? We're on the cusp of reopening Disneyland and Disney California Adventure theme parks to our guests after more than a year of being closed. Just from your brain, what's going on? How do you feel about that? Well, I would tell you it's been 412 days of closure. Huh. And wow. more than anything, I feel relieved. Finally, we're bringing the, the magic back to our guests, our cast, and our community. I feel very focused on what I call our mission. We really began focusing on a mission. The mission was to bring our cast members back to work, to restart the demand creation of making sure that our fans knew that, that we were coming back, and importantly, restart the economic engine, not just of our business and our company, but the economic engine of Anaheim that has been quite honestly decimated by the closure of theme parks. Yeah. Mm. Well, now I'm guessing you've had the chance to hit up a ride or two, but what attraction are you most excited about hopping on again? Well, you know, that's such a tough question, Sherry, because there's so many fun things to do here, but I'll give you a, a couple of examples. The one that, I, that was sort of most impactful for me because I, up until a couple of days ago, I'd never ridden it, which was Rise of the Resistance, oh. a Star Wars attraction. Wow. You know, everybody keeps telling me about it, and I keep laughing about the fact that since I've been here, it, it has, hadn't been opened. So mm -hmm. it took us to begin operationalizing it and, and getting it ready for guests for me to finally get on the attraction. And I would tell you, for a Star Wars geek, the ability for me to jump on that attraction and to just get blown away by the experience that it offered. And, and I guess more importantly, the fact that I felt like a kid in the middle of, you know, a battle with the First Order. I mean, it was just so mm. cool. Uh, yes, can't wait. And another one just, just, you know, which is a little personal to me, was the Radiator Springs Racers in Cars Land. 
Mm. You know, I've been walking around for months across the, the parks and obviously the, the scenic detail that the Imagineers, you know, pulled off for that attraction was great. But when you ride the attraction, what you begin to see is how that backdrop comes to life. There's all these mountain peaks and they look like the, the tail fins of a, a classic caddy, mm-hmm. you know, from, I guess, the, the 50s and 60s. And it's funny because my dad had one of those. So the oh, ride just comes across as so personal to me. It's, it's really very fun. I was at a touch of Disney and I saw them testing some of the, the cars and it brought such a huge smile to my face. People were so thrilled to see empty cars <laughs> along the track. I mean, it, it was symbolic. Yep. Well, we've been able to do things like touch of Disney and we were able to reopen downtown Disney at the resort. The reopening of the theme parks with attractions is a huge milestone, especially for the cast members. And I mean, I'm getting choked up thinking about it. What's it been like for you watching our cast take on their roles again? You know, I use terms like I'm in awe of them. I'm in awe of their adaptability. I'm in awe of their resilience, their patience, you know, and most importantly, their grace and graciousness over the course of what has been a brutal year. Mm. It is so incredibly emotional to have them back. I talk to cast members every day now, you know, as we're getting closer to opening, the fact that they are so happy to be here, so passionate about being back, you know, and so excited to, to make magic. So I think it's just incredible. I think the other thing that's been pretty neat to watch is as we've called all these cast members back, it's really neat to see how they're going through new training or being retrained. They're getting, you know, assigned to their new rides or their new experiences or their new food and beverage locations. And they're just psyched. And it's, it's just great to see that component of it. And it's funny, I've been wandering around. I've been posting all kinds of, Sherry, maybe I'm not as good as you, but I've been posting a whole bunch of Instagram photos. <laughs> oh my gosh, I, I'm sure you're better. No, I wouldn't say that. Just the other day, I had the opportunity to go on the steam train. Mm. Uh, and it was actually engine number one, which, you know, Walt Disney had had the opportunity to go. And, and I talked with all of the mechanics and engineers that had been working on that. That was amazing, you know, for me or, or wandering over to the carousel, you know, King Arthur's carousel and, and just watching the artisans at work. I mean, it's, it's skills that I've never had. And I'm just, you know, stunned by the, the capabilities that they bring to the table. Yeah, I just saw the, the Parks blog posted the all that real gorgeous video of the carousel and, and all the work that happened on it. And speaking of the Disney Parks blog, Jeffrey, it's been an incredible resource for information on the reopening. Shout out to our friends at the Parks blog, by the way. But Ken, if you had your own Ken Parks blog, if I add, uh, what would be some of your highlights on the changes guests will experience for the reopening? I think it's going to be different, guys. And we've been very transparent about making sure that people understand what's going to be different and what to expect. We do a whole bunch of sort of know-before-you-go information. But I I guess it begins with just a very clear recognition that we're still operating under, you know, pretty intense capacity restrictions. So there's going to be a lot less people in the parks initially, and quite honestly, Hopefully, you know, a lot less people in the parks as we manage capacity to enhance the guest experience as we go forward. Mm -hmm. I think the second thing that I think people are going to be 
amazed by, and they're uh, hopefully going to lean into, is we've had a year to work on technology that enhances the guest experience. You know, you think about things like virtual queues or mobile order or mobile wait time, you know, the ability to provide them information about different attractions. I mean, there's just so many different things that we've done. You know, we've been using marketing lingo, and that's my background, that mm-hmm. talks about optimizing the guest's time and maximizing their fun. And technology is a mechanism to do that, but still do it with great storytelling and do it in ways that, that they feel like it's not interfering with their experience. And, and again, I think we've done a really great job there. And I guess the third thing that's going to be different, at least initially, is we had sunsetted the annual pass program. Hmm. And we needed to do that really for two incredibly important reasons. One, because of the capacity constraints that I told you about previously. And two, because we thought this was a great opportunity for us to reimagine an annual pass program that, that wasn't just built on the last couple of decades, but was built on how our guests and our fans wanted to use the parks going forward. So a real high level of consumer centricity. And we're working on that right now and we'll clearly be launching something before the end of the year. But I think it's going to be an exciting new program that I think people uh, uh, and our biggest fans and quite honestly, our most loyal fans, I think are going to be very responsive to. Well, in addition to these changes, there are some new experiences like Snow White's Enchanted Wish. Can you talk about the reimagining of this attraction and why it felt right to do? I got the opportunity to write it just the other day again. And it was interesting because, you know, I had always heard and I honestly didn't remember sort of what it was, you know, I don't know, pick a date, you know, 10 years ago. But I had always heard that it was historically a scary ride. That seems sort of odd when you think about, you know, who the audience uh, for that particular attraction is, you know, that it was a little bit dark, it was a little bit ominous, and and we wanted it to be less scary. And so we got, you know, a group of Imagineers together to really help recraft the story so that it, it had the ability to, to have a happy ending, that it felt more joyous and festive. And I think we've done a really good job of it. I mean, you know, some of the things that we were able to do, like including actual footage from the film into the attraction, that, that was just new and, and a great new way to help tell, you know, a wonderful story. So it's been really neat to watch the, I don't know, the passion of all of these artisans. You know, I, I mean, I witnessed, you know, hand painting just the other day, you know, that they were, you know, putting the finishing touches on it. So really very, very exciting. You know, another example... Again, I'm hearkening back to my childhood a little bit, but another example is the King Arthur Carousel, which I mentioned, you know, a moment ago, but the work that they have done to just, I'm going to call it re-energize that experience, Mm. the gold leaf, the painting, the meticulous detail on the horses on the carousel is, is nothing short of artwork. I mean, it is truly museum quality artwork. And one of the um, artisans told me a really great story that, that said that, you know, cause he was looking at my name badge and it says Bronx, New York on it. And he, he was telling me a story about one of these horses, Walt had personally uh, acquired one of the horses from a carousel ride at Coney Island in New York. And that oh, was, cool. you know, 
10, 15 minutes from my house in the Bronx. And I guarantee you that I rode that horse, you know, as a six-year-old kid with my mom hanging on to me so I wouldn't fall off. I mean, it, it's Aww. just such a classic memory. Mm -hmm. I can hear you talk all day about this, honestly, Ken. This is awesome. Over here at GoodMorningAmerica.com, we just did a really awesome profile on the changes coming to Jungle Cruise, which is also undergoing a ton of transformation right now. So while we have you, I have to know, tell us about those updates and when you think that might open up again. You know, if you want to break some some Disney Parks news on, on the podcast here, please feel free. Yeah, okay. I'm, I, and, you know, I'm happy to do that for you. <laughs> All right. Let's talk a little bit about why, you know, because it's, it's always been a fan favorite, you know, and, you know, you could hear people say, if it's not broken, don't fix it. But I, I really do think, you know, in all sort of transparency, that there were some very important things that were wrong in the attraction, that we had depicted, you know, people and things in ways that in today's environment, just quite honestly, wasn't as respectful as we would like it to be. So we needed to go in and make some of those changes to the attraction, but at the same time, respect the tradition of the ride and really the, the core of the ride which are the skippers mm. and make them an even larger sort of centerpiece of the story. And so not only did we fix some of the things that just needed to be fixed, but we enhanced the story in some wonderful ways centering around the skippers. And, and again, I think that's just breakout. I don't think there's anybody that will come off that particular ride without a smile on their face. And, and I think the, the club that is the skippers by the way, current skippers, but also many skippers from years past were involved in helping us craft the story. Oh, wow. and, and again, I think they've nailed it. So I'm incredibly excited about that and excited to be able to tell you that it will be opening this summer. <gasps> Exciting. Yay. Well, you guys heard it first. Yay. Yes. You heard it first. I'm sure there's people cringing that I actually just shared that, but. <laughs> we you won't tell them. It's okay. Okay. <laughs> well, speaking of this summer, huge news right around the corner. Avengers Campus is opening at Disney California Adventure June 4th. We cannot wait. Web Slingers. Shawarma. Pim food. <laughs> what are a couple of the things that you personally are excited to experience there? Well, besides the shawarma, which is <laughs> really great. And quite honestly, you know, it's actually a dish that I cook at home because I think I want to be a wannabe Avenger. <laughs> you know, I, th I think it's just going to be a fantastic experience for, and really a dream come true for Marvel fans. By the way, I am one of those. Hmm. I grew up you know, with comic books, you know, reading at my, my dad's delicatessen while the family was working, they put me in a little booth in the corner and I was just spending my days, you know, reading Marvel and becoming the world's biggest fan. I think what we've got, you know, at this footprint is not just the Guardians of the Galaxy Mission Breakout attraction, but now the new um, Spider-Man Web Slingers attraction, which, which is this amazingly interactive experience where our guests are going to get the opportunity to sling webs and to help save the world. And Peter Parker is going to be there along the way to help direct us, but it's going to be a, a, just a wonderful experience that people are going to want to go on again and again and again and again, because it's enormously competitive. 
So as we've been test writing it this week, for a moment in time, I had a high score. And then quickly <laughs> got, got dropped down the list. But I think the ride part of this experience is going to be great. I think the other thing that's just spectacular is what, what I'm going to call the stunt and sort of show components of the experience. There are four different experiences ranging from, you know, you know, Spider-Man leaping from building to building, whether it's the Dormalaji, you know, helping to train people, whether it's uh, Dr. Strange uh, learning the mystic arts. And last but not least, you know, just a classic battle of good versus evil. Uh, I think it's going to be really show-stopping. And I think people are going to come in there and really experience the many layers of what Avengers Campus is all about. And by the way, you know, Sherry, we were talking about food. Hmm. The Pimps Test Kitchen is going to be the sleeper fan favorite. Ooh, I can't wait. It is a kitchen that has, because of all of the technology, has the ability to either maximize or minimize food. Hmm. And let your mind roam with that. But I think it's going to be a really incredible experience, fun for the whole family, and I know they're going to love it. Mm. Well, speaking of food, new food and beverages were recently announced for Disneyland and Disney World Resorts and included that when it reopens, the Blue Bayou will serve beer, wine, and hurricanes. So can you talk about how that decision was made? And more importantly, when are we all going? <laughs> yeah, exactly. exactly. And when are, when are we going to go toast something together? I think that's exactly right. You know, I mentioned to you earlier that I, I, I came out of a, a restaurant background. My family was in the restaurant business. I have a culinary background. You know, having a great meal, but not having the ability to have a glass of wine or a glass of champagne or a beer to go along with it just feels incomplete. And it's something that our guests have been telling us for years. And so using this pandemic as a window of opportunity, you know, we set out to really begin to add, you know, what was missing to the Blue Bayou restaurant. And I think our guests are going to love it. I think it's something they've always wanted. Uh, and I think we're going to do it with, you know, great responsibility. So I don't really have any concerns on, on its impact on the experience. And it's going to be coming to, you know, that restaurant as soon as we reopen it, which will be shortly uh, after we open the park, you know, tomorrow. Woohoo! Thrilled for this. So we'll see you there like a couple days after that. Done. <laughs> I'll be the guy with a no name badge on, but with a glass of champagne <laughs> and a beignet just soaking up the vibe. Mm. Ah. Well, kind of, again, while we have you, and I feel like while we're in the market of breaking news on the pod here, what other things are coming to Disneyland that you're most excited about? We've gone through so many things, but what else are kind of highlights for you that, that's coming our way? Well, again, I mentioned to you about the annual pass program. We're just getting the research back um, that we fielded, and it was extensive research. So I'm really incredibly excited to see what that research begins to tell us and then how we're going to use that research to direct the development of appropriate uh, products for, again, this important fan group uh, for us. So I think that's one. I mentioned to you all the new technologies and so many more that I didn't mention. You know, as you begin thinking about not just, you know, what we're able to do in the parks, but what we're able to do with people at home, what we're able to do for our cast members, what we're able to do in our hotels, you know, all of those things will be 
what I'm going to call seamless enhancements, you know, to the, the guest and cast experience. And then I think there's, you know, a whole bunch of things coming, you know, I'm looking out, you know, the window of my office right now, and I'm staring at the building that will be Mickey and Minnie's runaway railway. You know, awesome. in the Toontown, you know, section of, of the Disneyland park and progress is being made there as well as progress really all over the property. So we've got a lot of uh, great things coming starting tomorrow, but we also have a lot of great things coming, you know, in the coming months, you know, and quite honestly, the coming years, I guess the last thing that I would end on is just thinking a little bit about having to manage, you know, what we're going to be doing with the state because we're going to be operating under, you know, for the next six weeks or so, one set of ground rules. And then we're, we're still learning about what the new set of ground rules will be from the state beginning on June 15th. Speaking of last year, last summer, anyone who listened to this podcast knows I spent a lot of time with my family in Florida and I drove up to Orlando when only Disney Springs was open. So I essentially spent two full days walking around Disney Springs, which was more time than I had ever spent there. But I was so impressed with all the detail, the, the thoughtful design elements that went into its creation and its evolution from downtown Disney. Can you talk about what it was like working on that project? And, and do you have some favorite details or spots there? Yeah, it was one of my favorite assignments, you know, in my Disney career. And, you know, it was the opportunity to create a transformation of the downtown Disney area that was in need of transformation. Pleasure Island had been closed for two years mm-hmm. while we were still going through the, the steps to reimagine you know, into Disney Springs. I think we had a, a guiding principle. It was how do we offer more? How do we enhance you know, the experiences? How do we reach new audiences, including diverse audiences, including the local audience, et cetera? And, and that was all about choice and selection. And, and how do we make our products and our experiences and our architecture, you know, and all of those things relevant to the widest swath of guests as we could. So that was sort of the, the guiding principle. What I would tell you now that I'm out here at uh, Disneyland in uh, Anaheim is that many of the things that we learned and accomplished with Disney Springs, there's so much potential here at Downtown Disney. And I'm really excited for what Downtown Disney will become in its next chapter. So that's Oof. a little bit of a teaser. I love you. Trust me, because I having spent oh, more time in downtown Disney this year than I ever have in my entire life. I'm very familiar <laughs> with the Uva Bar and Brennan's. I thought, wow, to be able to do that, that kind of detail and that impressive immersiveness of Disney Springs here would be just unbelievable. Wow. Well, as Jeffrey mentioned earlier, before you joined Disneyland, you were president of Consumer Products Commercialization. First of all, please explain what is commercialization? I'm sure our listeners, and by our listeners, I mean Sherry, me, will want to know. (laughs) Sherry, my my wife asked me the same question. She's like, what does commercialization mean? As I was explaining to her my, my new job. You know, I think the way to think about it is Disney is the largest licensing company in the world by far, $50 billion plus estimated uh, retail sales. And as you begin to think about it, it's about bringing great products at a wide variety of price points to a gigantic, you know, you know, variety of consumers all over the world. 
And so where could you get it? Well, you obviously could get it in the parks. You could get it, you know, at, at the Disney stores. You could get it on shopdisney.com, but you could also get it at Target or Walmart or Amazon or mom and pop, you know, shops in Indonesia, you know, or other locations all over the world. The idea was to create the right products at the right prices for the widest array of guests that we could come up with and make it accessible to them in all locations worldwide. And that's wow. what transformation is all about. Huh, that's amazing. So working with consumer products, what did you learn there that made you appreciate the business maybe more than you had before going into it? And what did you learn that now helps you in your current role? Yeah, I, I think you know what I learned was about recognizing that there is such an incredible, incredibly broad audience for what Disney brings to the table. You know, we know that through IP. The Mickey Mouse fan might be different than the Marvel fan, might be different from the Star Wars fan, you know, might be different from, you know, the Winnie the Pooh fan. Mm -hmm. But there are huge audiences all over the world can find a connection to our products. And I think that thinking, that connectivity to the guest is something that we're working really hard to be able to do here in our theme parks. And again, you know, you think about things like Disney Plus bringing new audiences into the Disney family and how now those people are looking for ways, whether it's through consumer products or whether it's through an experience in the parks to continue their engagement and their connectivity with, with that intellectual property, with those stories. And I think mm -hmm. that's what I, I'm trying really hard to bring you know, here with the help of my team and the Imagineers and, you know, all the wonderful storytellers that we have available to us. Well, from products to experiences, we know that Jeffrey's favorite Disney experience is the Disney Cruise Line, which, <laughs> by the way, Sherry and I's Disney Cruise Line count is zero. <clears throat> yes. Cough, cough. Uh, but we have to know, Ken, <laughs> how many Disney cruises have you been on? I've been on a lot. <laughs> I'm embarrassed to say it. Not that anyone's counting. <laughs> yeah, so, so let's say I've been on a couple of dozen. Wow. And I will tell you that it's different every time. Mm -hmm. And it's different for a lot of different reasons. You know, it's different because typically you go on with new people or you meet new people, you know, you know, when you're on the ship. You know, we have different ships that have different forms of entertainment with lots of new ships coming, you know, which is also very exciting. You know, there's always new cast members, you know, that, that are there. So you make connections with cast in a very different way. And then you go to a lot of different locations. So it never got old for me. And in fact, you know, you know, I started taking the boys, I have two sons. I started taking the boys on the ship, you know, when they were literally toddlers. And, you know, my oldest now is 25 hmm. and still wants to go back on, you know, a Disney cruise. So I, I think there's just great, I don't know if the word is loyalty or passion or can't get enough, you know, associated with, with Disney Cruise Line. I think, you know, one of the things that, that I think about from Disney Cruise Line to Disney Vacation Club to the annual pass holders here at Disneyland the common thread has always been the passion of the guests. Listen, you guys know that from D23. Mm -hmm. And that sort of intense passion is something that from all of those businesses, you know, I've learned to be incredibly uh, aware of, sensitive to, 
and beholding to the fandom that's out there. And, and so we're very focused on that, you know, and I think in very important ways, you know, in the weeks, months, years ahead, you know, which I think is really incredibly important. Hmm. Truly downloading all of this into my brain, Disney Cruise Line <laughs> information. <laughs> Well, Ken, we end every interview with the same question, and having been here for more than 25 years, it might be a tough one, but what is your favorite Disney memory? All right, I'm going to try to surprise you, and maybe it's a little-known fact, but my favorite Disney memory, I got the opportunity to be an executive producer of the 2000 Super Bowl halftime show during the millennium in Atlanta, Georgia. It was a show that Disney put together at the behest, by the way, of the NFL to mark the milestone of the millennium. And it was the single most exciting experience that I ever had because the pressure of having nearly a billion people watch an event that we put on was sort of beyond my imagination. I guess the, you know, the key thing for me was twofold. You guys kind of giggled about the commercialization thing. The commercialization thing of that halftime show, not just was the fact that a billion people got to watch it. It took a lot of components of the millennium celebration that we had down at Walt Disney World and at Epcot. And the final line, I'll never forget it, that came from the announcers of the halftime show was, and this was just a taste of the millennium celebration that you can experience at Walt Disney World. Uh, throughout the year. So it was quite a coup. It lived sort of in, in, in my memory as only Disney could. Mm. And I think that's one of the things that I'm incredibly proud to be associated with because there have been so many things that we're working on and so many things that we're working on here at Disneyland right now where only Disney could. Mm. What a memory. It's awesome. Thank you so much for joining us. We know you're incredibly busy. Congratulations on the reopening of the theme parks. All of us are just so happy and cannot wait to get to go. Well, yes. well thank you for the best wishes and hopefully your entire audience will wish us luck. We are welcoming guests back to the Disneyland Resort with, with open arms. I am super, super happy to be here on vacation at Walt Disney World. But I got to tell you, Ken has me so excited to go back to Disneyland. Uh, yes. And I think Ken gave us just a lot of great intel in that interview. So I'm so excited for all the magic to come. Me too. I mean, look, Jungle Cruise this summer officially at Disneyland. You yes. heard it here first. They did. They heard it here first. And Blue Bayou. I, I, loved, I loved hearing yeah. the, you know, the, the thinking behind how they make the changes to the menus. And of course, adding the beverages. Very, very exciting. Well, you guys, from the place where you really do hear it all first, thanks again for listening to D23 Inside Disney. Don't forget to like and share this episode wherever you listen or subscribe. And if you want to chat with us, use the hashtag D23 Inside Disney. And for all the latest Disney info, check out D23.com. We'll be back next week with more Disney news and a fantastic guest on an all-new episode of D23 Inside, Inside Disney. Disney.